Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I'm joined, uh, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Blake Beckett. Yep, it's me. What Here up? Here he is. What it is and uh, what it does. Uh, I will tell you what it is, and then we'll discuss collectively what it does. Mm. Uh, so today we're doing uh, something a little bit different for the podcast. Uh, we're not playing just one game. Um, but what we did uh, is we um, we looked at a few entries in the uh, JS13K Games competition, which is uh, the full name is HTML5 and JavaScript Game Development Competition in just 13 kilobytes. So the premise is basically uh, that you submit a game that uh, the entire game file is less than 13 kilobytes. Um, and then it also has to be in either JavaScript or HTML5. Um, and then all of them are playable in browser. Uh, and um, uh, it's been going since 2012, so we played the the 2019 version, the one from this year. Um, and we we basically, uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. There's probably a hundred. Uh, the thing says 245. Oh, right in front of my face, 245. Yep. So we each played. Uh, I played about ten of them. I don't know how many you played. Yeah, um, probably but- about that many. Um, and we're going to uh, to talk about them kind of a more rapid fire, uh, quick uh, format uh, than we we previously have. Um, we thought it'd be fun to do something a little bit different. And the um, the it's such a it's just such a fun constraint for game design. Like what's the the um, like smallest computationally smallest game you can. You can possibly yeah, make, so, and they made some impressive entries. I must yeah, say. Yeah, so just for for the sake of clarity, uh, according to the rules, all your code and game assets should be smaller than or equal to thirteen kilobytes. Excuse me, when zipped, your zip. Mm-hmm. So this is compressed post compression. Your assets have to be smaller than uh, than thirteen kilobytes. Which thirteen mm. kilobytes? I guess I don't know how much people know about uh, like modern game sizes but even like most of the games we play on unity are in the megabytes to gigabytes range yeah uh, and kilobytes is a lot less than that like yeah kilobytes is some really small very Dude, teeny, i mean like tiny. modern word documents are often substantially bigger than that so it's like this is t- i mean they put a lot of stuff in a word document because it's not just a text file but yeah but still it's like these are tiny yeah, and then one other thing we should mention is that there's a there's a theme for the competition. Well, I guess first of all, there's uh, no use of external libraries or services. Um, right, right. Which I guess is more of a web thing to not have you. I don't know, be doing some crazy crazy business in there. Uh, <laughs> and then the well, I guess like one thing is like you could use. Uh, fonts that are hosted elsewhere to reduce the size of your game. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then there, the theme is uh, is just back, the word back, B-A-C-K, uh, which I did not realize there was a theme as we were playing. I felt like I didn't uh, either. many of the games also didn't know that <laughs> there, there was, was a, theme. A, a theme. I think uh, most of these games were focused on uh, the make your games teeny tiny, which... I, I will say was kind of the reason that we picked this anyway. I think we play a lot of game jam games, which is not entirely uh, 
a, a different concept of like okay you have a limited amount yeah, of time very similar now make a a game based on a theme however the the reason i kind of wanted to play these is i i got the sense that this is more of a sort of a techno technology focused uh sort of competition it's it's more about uh pushing the the technical limits and so i, I yeah. kind of figured you'd probably get a lot more programmers just making little games that are small whereas game jams you get a lot of you know it's more game designers people who want to be making games so i feel like i get the sense here there's a lot of people here that's just like oh i don't necessarily uh make games normally but this is a fun mm -hmm. challenge to try and make something really really small yeah although a few a couple of the games i played um at least one maybe two were like like really had some very like game designy ideas going on yeah and then and i mean all of them were like you know the the constraint it, it automatically cr creates creativity in the absolutely like, like you have to on you know a lot of mechanics just simply it is impossible to uh, include them in a game of the size, so you have to be creative in uh, adapting familiar game genres for itsy bitsy file size. Yeah, um, although I also do want to say I'll shout out a few games where that maybe weren't that fun to play, but it was just objectively impressive uh, that they oh, could sure, have sure. so many things going on in something so small. Yeah, but um, uh, anyway shall we shall we get into it i don't know what we didn't we didn't plan anything about format so maybe we just go back and forth no, yeah i think i think we should take turns um and then uh we were we have at least one maybe two that we know we we both played so there yeah. will be i played the um, one you suggested to me and you played the one that i suggested okay. to you so. so the one you suggested to me don't I think we talk should, about that one yet we we're saving that one for last we should do that one last because it's so good um, I'm, I'm glad that without even discussing it, we both knew that that one had to be last that I played that one and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so good. I think that one uh, could win. I don't really know how. Um, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Like are these losing works games are judged again, since this is like kind of uh, different than our um, normal purview. It's not really like a. Uh, you know, a game jam. I don't know if these games are judged based on how fun or interesting they are, or yeah. if it's more of a thing of like, here's the one that has is the most technically impressive or has the most like crazy features, despite you know still fitting in under the limit. So I don't know. And yeah. also, we should know. I don't think they've announced the prizes for this year. the The cutoff date was like a couple weeks ago. It was uh, I want to say it was September 13th or something. Mm. so um so i assume that those haven't uh that the, the uh, like a decision hasn't been made uh quite yet but uh i also don't don't know i assume yeah. it would be well they should listen to this podcast so they can get some really in-depth uh, analysis on some of the content oh absolutely <laughs> um, oh the okay. voting here we go here we go here we go voting time ends in it looks like 11 days 46 hours no 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 11 hours 46 minutes perfect so wow we should huh so perhaps by the time this uh this uh podcast is out they will have announced winners yeah uh, maybe yeah. um okay so uh i did so like you said the the theme was back and i didn't um i didn't pick up on that when i was playing it but i've realized that afterwards and a few of the games i did play um, yes they did have an interesting uh a theme on that like there's a lot of games about doing things backwards 
So I'll just start with one kind of at random that I thought was quite interesting, which is called Back in Black. Okay. Uh, You didn't play this one? Okay. Nope. Um, Uh, Just to be clear, it seems like you started at the top going down. I started at the bottom going up. No, I intentionally spaced mine uh, fairly evenly throughout. throughout. Okay. Yeah. But I did start at the top when I was doing my space. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, So this game is by user James Wild Dev. Um, and, uh, the, the basic theme for this game is that, um, there's, uh, it's, it's top down, uh, kind of a puzzle game. Um, and you, uh, there's a little hallway, uh, and, and rooms connecting, uh, connected by halls. And your goal is to go in, uh, navigate the hallway, steal the light bulb in the last room, and then make your way out. But when you steal the light bulb, you uh, turn out the lights. So you have to backtrack by memory. Um, And and it gets progressively more complicated as uh, so, you know, each each hallway has a little arrow that shows the direction you can move through. So some of them you can move forward or back. Some you can only move forward. So you have to you have to. Oh, you have to like plan around this and plan around it. Uh, It's um, it's basically it does say in the the introduction to the game that it's basically just a um, a demo, which seems right. Uh, um, because it, uh, it, it has like four levels and you know, all of them are, are quite easy. Um, but I thought it was a really, a really clever, um, clever idea. Uh, and it does a, a really, uh, a really smart thing for how to, um, handle the, the amount of, um, uh, like the, the size of your game, which is that it, it turns subtraction into a mechanic. So like the, the, the core mechanic is actually, you know, theoretically making the game computationally lighter because there's suddenly oh. no, nothing you have to be looking at uh, sure. no animation that has to appear. Um, mm. and then also, uh, just that the core mechanic is happening in the player's brain, right? That it's actually about, um, memorization rather than something that's happening in game. Uh, so I thought that was a really, you know, this one was actually, I felt like a little, a little more game designy cause that's kind of like mm. the core, the core thing going on is the new mechanic rather than sure. like, uh, implementation. So, yeah. Cool. I was, uh, I thought that one was cool. So here's uh, a question as someone who hasn't played the game, was it, did it get feel frustrating in any way or was it kind of, uh, cause like, I think sometimes in ga- their games where it's like, Oh, the lights are out. Remember where you went or, um, <laughs> it's like a not on, un- un- and in fact, one of the games we played recently, the, the one where you were, uh, climbing up that big, uh, it was like the Greek, a uh, Mount Olympus one where you're like first person platforming up and there was kind of those oh, areas yeah, where you could stand, you could see things and then they would disappear. I feel like sometimes in those kind of games, it can be frustrating or just kind of like, it just feels so much like a gimmick that's like, oh, I can't see now, but it's not actually, I don't know. Yeah. How did it feel um, in that it, sense? It didn't feel frustrating this, but I mean, most of the, I mean, none of the levels had more than six moves you had to make. So oh, I it see. Was, it was quite simple. Um, so I, I, sim- I definitely could see it, it getting uh, uh, more and more frustrating. And, you know, even just let me hitting a point where, you you know, most people don't have very good short term memory. So yeah. you, you're just going to hit some like, ability limits for the average human player but sure nice um okay so let's uh why don't you hit us with one yeah so uh my first one i'm gonna hit you with is a game called uh backsteroid backsteroid okay 
or right, we got the theme we got the theme or back back steroids i don't know it uh, when you write it out it just looks like back steroid which is kind of like <laughs> <laughs> you know i just want to get a really nice beefy back and that is by um at dunin dunin d-u-n-i-n d-u-n-i-n hmm. uh is who who did this joint here let me pull it up just to make sure that that is spelled right oh boy what have i done Baxter. Yeah, you can't just okay, control F back because it'll be so many of them. Yeah, it's at Dunin, Dunin on Twitter, D-U-N-I-N, D-U-N-I-N. Um, anyway, uh, and so this is basically uh, Asteroid, but instead of, uh, I'm trying to think, can you move, you can move in Asteroids, right? Yeah, you can. I always thought it was kind of hard to yeah, yeah. move tactically, but you can. Well, now imagine if it was way harder because in this game you move by firing your weapon and the recoil of it is what oh, moves, moves you around you back. Yeah. Asteroid. Uh, uh-huh. But it also is what you use to destroy the asteroids. So uh, it's a little bit uh, of a, of a, a gimmick. Sure. And I think that, but, but I guess I think there is a way that you could build out this idea in a way that makes it, um, that could be really interesting and fun. And even what is here is pretty good. And, uh, it's had something that I didn't expect, uh, going into this whole thing. I was expecting, it was one of the first games I played and I expected, uh, you know, these are going to be teeny tiny little games. They're going to be pretty bare, but it has like a whole story. It has like an intro where, um, you, uh, basically what's laid out is that, uh, your main character was in a spaceship and uh, told the 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 spaceship's like AI computer that he wanted to take a nap in the cryo bay, and the computer didn't know how long a nap was, so he's been asleep for <laughs> thirty nine years or something. <laughs> and then, oh, that's funny. Uh, and then that's he like wakes up and he's like, he's like, oh damn it, I was just I said a nap, and he's like, I didn't know how long a nap was, so I just picked a random number between one and two, blah 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 billion, which is the uh, <laughs> maximum integer value. <laughs> and uh 38 years is what i got and he's just like oh damn it and he's like well did i miss anything he's like no luckily nothing's changed except for someone stole the the engines some, <laughs> some space pirates stole the engines of our ship <laughs> and then uh and then it's like oh shit so we can only propel ourselves by shooting and he's like also uh since you haven't paid any bills in the last 38 years you've accrued a massive debt and you have a bounty on your head so you might see space pirates <laughs> which I didn't get far enough in the game to encounter space pirates. I only encountered encountered space rocks. However, I was like thought I was very surprised to have any sort of narrative justification for anything in a game this small. And then for it to actually be like funny and charming uh, yeah. was, was it, uh, that's actually, nice I feel like the narrative is a great enactment of the premise of this, uh, this um, game jam, which is like, you know, build it around the constraints because here it's like you know the I, it definitely feels like the uh, the game preceded the narrative there right like it's gonna oh, be I'm a sure. game about shooting backwards how can we write a story into that yeah uh, so and then another great. thing that I was impressed by with this game is that uh, there's apparently multiplayer in it which I saw that in a few games here and I was like what these people are wild that they have a teeny tiny game and they're putting multiplayer in it uh, <laughs> um, but maybe maybe that's a difference that you get between uh, programmer oriented people versus video game oriented people because video game oriented people is like putting multiplayer in your game is a giant pain in the ass it's really hard and 
and I feel like uh, technology people are like, hey man, I want I want to do hard stuff, uh, even if there's no quote unquote design purpose for it. Reason for it, I, yeah. yeah, I just want to do it because it seems like it'd be fun to figure out. And I'm like, I'm stuck between these two worlds, but I'm definitely on the video <laughs> game people side. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this game was actually uh, pretty fun to to play. It was it was fun because at first it's like, all right, I'm not going to shoot anything until I absolutely have to get out of the way of an asteroid. Uh, but then you don't get any points because you get points by shoot. You get some points by like just living, like lasting a long time. But you get a lot more points if you blow up asteroids. Uh, so then I actually one of the things I discovered was uh, most effective was to just shoot in one direction a lot and get yourself going really really fast. <laughs> <laughs> you're just kind of moving oh, fast yeah. that the asteroids wouldn't hit you but oh, that obviously so broke down after after a while but yeah we sort was, of had a conversation with um neon boost about how tricky it is to have your movement and shooting be the same uh the same yeah. mechanic this seems similar uh, yeah it's even harder yeah it's it's definitely interesting because it's like I feel like you really have to build the things you're shooting at in a way that it's not like in this game, for example, it's kind of like, all right, there's a rock flying at you, but there's also other rocks flying at you. So you can definitely get into uh, like scenarios kind of beyond your control where it's like, all right, the only way for me to not get hit by this one asteroid is to shoot this way and it's going to shoot me right into another asteroid, which isn't a great feeling. Uh, uh, sure. But it also, I feel, I don't know. I feel like I, I want to play a game. I feel like you can do it. There actually is, um, there are definitely games where your uh, gunshots uh, push you back in a way that you have to think about tactically. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of the game uh, Luft Rousers, which is by Vlambeer, um, who are kind of like known for being juicy screen shake makers of games, but certainly uh, known to this podcast as being that absolutely uh and they uh, like the whole premise of the game is that you have these little ships that you fly around and shoot things and try and last as long as you can uh and basically the more powerful the gun you have the more it pushes you back and so uh you kind of have to like calculate okay i, li- I really like having this powerful gun but the more i shoot it the more i'm slowing myself down which can be pretty uh a pretty big disadvantage um mm, yeah but anyway, so there are definitely games that use it. But anyway, backstory I thought was cool, and I thought it had a fun story, and it was enjoyable to play. Hmm. All right. Um, okay, so my next one, I'm actually going to do two because they're both uh, mechanically uh, simple. Like, it'll be quick to talk about, so I'll just do them mm. quick back, back to back. So the first one is called Toe Tactic, which okay. uh, you'll recognize as Tic-Tac-Toe Backwards. What? Uh, <laughs> and that isn't exactly what the game is. So uh, huh. you you play, it has a, a very simple tic-tac-toe AI that you play against. Uh, you can also play uh, couch co-op. Um, I, I didn't, but you can. Uh, and there is uh, tic-tac-toe, except your goal is to not get three in a row. Uh, if you get three in a row, you lose. Um, so, uh, you know, your goal is to make, you know, the worst tic-tac-toe moves you can. You know, the middle, the middle spaces... Uh, on the edges something become good hmm. uh, and then uh and then your goal is to knock it three uh the however uh you know it quickly turns out that tic-tac-toe's uh classic limitation of uh if played by two people who are not idiots it will always end in a end tie in, yeah turns out to be the same 
forwards and <laughs> as backwards. Um, however, luckily, the AI is not always super smart, uh, and it will frequently end uh, with you winning just because it killed itself, even though it could have done a different move. Uh, nice. So that was that game. So very literal interpretation of uh, of back. Mm. Uh, and then another game, so I paired it with this one because I felt like they, they both had a similar way of thinking about this. Uh, it's called Back Read. Uh, and this is a game about reading backwards. So it's basically oh like a simple speed puzzle game where, uh, where words pop onto the screen and you have to, they're, they're mirrored, so they're spelled backwards and their letters are flipped like fully backwards and you have and you have to uh read them backwards and say what the what they are and there's a time limit oh it's quite generous it's like 30 seconds per Hmm. per one i feel like you could do five seconds and if you really want to make it tricky yeah did you find Um, it to be difficult or easy uh i found it to be difficult in the beginning uh and then you i was really surprised at how much you get used to it like yeah. you, you just sort of get a knack for reading backwards and suddenly some of the words, I just kind of like be expecting it and I'd be able to quickly read backwards. Yeah. Uh, the things that really become hard is words that have, um, have uh, two letter combos where the sound of, like TH, TH mm. and CH really fuck with your brain because you know, you're expecting them to be in a certain order when they're making that sound. And when they're oh. backwards, you're like trying to sound oh, it out. Oh, it totally it totally breaks the it, it breaks the hierarchy the of, of like ch because it's yeah. suddenly like, oh that's interesting. And so you know you can't just sound it out in your head and be like uh you know because a lot of them it's like tree or whatever you're like uh, oh tree, but that one is like what the fuck. Um, so that was hard, and they st- they start throwing math at you as well, and you have to oh boy add the add the the letters together. Huh. Um. So, uh, so I don't have a ton to say about this one. Uh, I thought that, um, I thought it was a fun, oh, it can also be played on mobile. Apparently you can play it in hmm. your mobile, in your mobile browser. Uh, I oh, did sure. think it, it was a pretty good mobile game. Like that's what it felt like, oh, uh, okay. you know, sort of like one of those simple, uh, text-based phone puzzle games. Um, I thought that was, uh, it, it worked in that regard and that was fun. I do think that the, the, t- the time, it's just way too generous. Like I never felt like I was at risk of sure br- breaking of actually my streak. failing. I went to fifty because nice. it's just like you just think you have plenty of time to think about it. Well, maybe you're just so good at reading, you probably read Dude, more but, than ninety well, percent of people. That okay, that's true. But also <laughs> thirty seconds, like you could. Yeah, you that could, does seem pretty you long. Could write For one it down word, on you take thirty seconds. Yeah. So oh, okay, and it refreshes each each time. So that's wow. Like, okay, yeah, that does seem pretty long. Yeah, like ten, I feel like it'd be constraining you in the harder ones, and five, if you really wanted to make it like, ah, ah, um, you really make it hard. Uh, huh? Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah. So those were those were those two. Those are simple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the back games. They they just took took back as uh, as literally. Yeah. As definitely. <laughs> All right, so this this next one for me, I I don't think it has anything to do with back. Well, actually, I just I'm wrong, and I just realized how I'm <laughs> wrong, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, so this game was called Zycor X Y C O R E, and it's by Daniel in quotes sixty four Mega Lawrence, uh, and it's uh like a little eight bit ish like uh adventure game but it's also it's uh builds itself as a as a uh metroidvania type game where you 
find items and backtrack uh, through ah. through the the game. Uh, but the thing that I was kind of astonished with with this game is that uh, it was one of the ones that felt the most like it would have like it could have been a game on like a an old like Commodore 64 type of computer or even like a super or not a super Nintendo like a Nintendo Entertainment System like because uh, there was I actually didn't even get one of the items uh like uh, i guess i should rephrase that i didn't get a single one of the like items used to progress forward because there was just so much of it that i like spent you know 10 minutes playing the game and didn't find one yet uh and uh also it had like actual graphical effects i feel like a lot of the games here are very visually simple which yeah, uh definitely. makes sense because uh, uh you, you know, know 13 image- kilobytes yeah, images would take more, uh, generally take more um, space, uh, uh, more bytes to to uh, tell an image, tell a computer when how to do a, draw an image than to have, you know, Unicode text that would be your, like, byte code or whatever. Um, but basically, uh, you run around and shoot things, but, like, your little character has, like, a... a, a a trail behind them that's got like a nice graphical effect. There's screen shake, which I was like, wow. Ooh, nice. I would not, Very nice. I would not have expected screen shake in any of these <laughs> games because it seems like the kind of thing that just like you wouldn't have the space to, you know, be doing computations or anything of that sort. But I had a lot of cool little things. I had checkpoints. So you could like hit little like save points and it would say saved. And if you refresh the browser window, it would um it would reload your most recent checkpoint there were like water effects where you could go underwater and it made everything look different and there were like a bunch of different enemies that all behave differently it seemed pretty cool i mean the gameplay was very simple you kind of just like uh move around and can shoot either to the left or right and that's kind of it but uh as far as like looking like an actual game this one was maybe the most convincing of the ones that i played of like I would believe that this was an actual game. And also it seemed like if you, you know, dedicated some more time to it, it would actually, you know, be a little bit cooler to play because it seemed like there's actually quite a bit there. Whereas most of the games here, I feel like you can kind of play for two minutes and kind of get the gist. Um, So I thought it was an interesting way. I think a lot of the games uh, in this uh, sort of competition go for what, kind of makes the most sense for if you're trying to save space, which is to make uh, a sort of an arcade style game where uh, it's the same thing over and over because obviously that takes less space to like store data about what levels look like. And so yeah. this game kind of broke that mold. Uh, and so I was uh, applauded it for that, for, you know, doing things a little differently. So that was, that was Zycor. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, so the, the next one I have is called pizza delivery. Oh, Uh, I did play this one. Pizza undelivery. Oh, you did. Yes. Oh, okay. That's great. Well, very briefly. I was hoping hoping there'd be one that we, we both played. So this game is by Nils Golic, Mm -hmm. um, or Niels maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, this is a game where you drive around in a 1986 Toyota Corolla, uh, which I thought it looked like a DeLorean, but you know, it is a Toyota Corolla. Uh, and you, uh, your goal is to recover the pizzas and return them to the start rather than deliver the pizzas. So that's the backwards uh, element of it. Um, but the reason I, I picked this one is I was just like impressed uh, by 
a few of the things that the game managed to do um I managed to do in such small space it has a uh um first of all the the maps are all uh randomly generated procedurally so you can randomly generate new maps when you start uh i thought that was pretty cool yeah. um and then the uh the apparently according to the description uh there's a custom 3d rendering in- engine implemented in javascript um, oh wow so, i didn't so, read that yeah, so he he made a very small uh 3d rendering engine for uh you know displaying these these nice. um animated uh hallways and streets um i mean i guess they're not hallways they're kind of buildings but functionally they're hallways um <laughs> uh for you to drive around in your little delorean and get the pizzas and Damn. that's uh impressive and i i mean it didn't it does not look like uh, I mean, it looks simple like all these games do, but not doesn't look like it's 13 KB. Sure. It, it definitely looks yeah. bigger than that. Um, wow. Uh, so, yeah, I was just really uh, visually impressed by it. And also just the driving feels pretty good uh, for, you know, a simple uh, driving game. Mm. Um, another thing I wanted to shout out is uh, it, it it took a, a leaf out of um, old school gaming's books uh, in its uh, techniques for making stuff simple. Uh, the the biggest one that I notice is um, you know the uh, the cars animation is just three frames, three so sprites, yeah, yeah, three sprites, one looking forward, left, and right. Uh, so you yeah, can, had a you very can, um, original Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. Yes, <laughs> although I think there. even Mario Kart has like five, five, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was uh, I thought that was you know um, unintentionally nostalgia producing. Sure, uh, or maybe intentionally, but uh, <laughs> I was presumably done for technological rather than nostalgia reasons. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought this game was uh, was impressive. So nice. Um, yeah. Well, in in a similar vein, this one's more of a shout out than anything. I didn't actually play this game that much because it wasn't really that you know enjoyable of a game to play. Uh, but I did. It was one of the ones that was like the most impressive to me. Uh, it says very, it's called Johnny Smiter episode zero by, uh, Paul Brunt, which apparently is uh, a prequel to games that I assume this person has made in the past. I I'm going to say, but the thing that's crazy about it is it's uh fully three. It's like a first person shooter. You could just stand still and you spin in a circle shooting a crossbow, but like, there are 3d spiders who are you know polygonal it's like low poly obviously but they were animated and like your crossbow is animated shooting stuff and there were like particle effects and and what have you so i was i was kind of surprised i played that one early on and i was kind of like oh okay i did not expect any of the games to have have this Uh much uh going on so i thought that one was worth shouting out just for uh technical impressiveness um how many more games do you did you want to talk about? Um, one or two. I mean, definitely the you know the best one. Okay, uh, I've got then, I've got the best one, and then I've got one other one I want to shout out. So hopefully that fits in with your. Okay, cool. So we'll each do one other one, and then we'll do the best one. Uh, so this is another quick one I wanted to shout out, which was just um, it's called Wandering Wraith. Um, mm. Oh, and I didn't write down the creator for this one, so let's get that shout out. Uh, it's by Mateus. Uh, Tom Zick, it looks like that's uh, how you say that. Um, and this one, uh, I thought, um, so it's basically a, a side scrolling platformer, uh, where you play as a little ghost, uh, whose goal is to, you can double jump, 
uh, double jump around the map and um, uh, navigate obstacles. Um, and I was uh, just this is another one that I was impressed by the mileage they were able to get uh, visually and mechanically with mm. the, the space. So yeah, the this the the sprite looks really good. Um, you it's like this little ghost that has a nice like uh, little like hair flop that I thought was very nice. Uh, and you, um, uh, it, it, the background looks kind of like limbo, like a, a sure. black and white foggy background. Yeah. Like, like that. grayscale. Sure. Grayscale. Um, uh, you know, obviously that safe space too. So that was, that was well done. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, the, the, the double jump just feels pretty smooth. Uh, I, my, my one critique is it's way too hard. Uh, the, yeah. the game is, so there's optional little crystals you can get. The main goal is just traverse the level, but some of the crystals just felt like impossible, uh, especially getting to, I wasn't able to finish the game because eventually it adds a, um, a mechanic that I thought was very cool, which is that it, it inverts the level. So you collect a, a oh blue boy. crystal and you turn blue and suddenly gravity is upside down. So you're moving across oh, the nice. roof rather than the bottom. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty familiar, uh, platformer, um, mechanic, but it just is, it becomes, uh, oh, it's, it's timed. So you, you get it for like six seconds or something, then you'll fall back down. And so Mm. there's a few places where you have to like quickly use that to move past an obstacle, but it's just like so hard to do. Uh, Sure. So, but it was, um, it was, it looked good and it was fun to explore. So I was nice. Impressed. Cool. Cool. All right. My next one, this one's definitely more of a shout out. I, I hardly played this one. It was toward the end, but this one's called void call, which is an RTS, which is crazy. What? Yeah. So it's like, it was 3d modeled. It was like, um, you know, pretty rudimentary 3d model, like quite low poly. And you only have like three units you can control. And I, I'm not really sure exactly how much you could do with it, but there was like a little bit of a story element about sort of aliens attacking. Like it seems like you, your ship had crashed and you were like sort of stranded on this un like foreign world. And, uh, you could, you just kind of like wandered or you could, you were trying to build enough energy to fix your ship, but it has like some classic RTS, uh, like trope type stuff. Like, you have to build a, a well, but you can only build it or not. It's, I forget exactly what it was. It was like a water purifier or something, but you had to build it on top of like a well of water. So you had to like find that in the world. And like I said, this was all like polygonal 3d. So it was kind of, I was impressed that they could fit all of that, all of that stuff, you know, in the, in the game. Um, so I didn't actually play it that much. It was a little bit finicky to control. I think they had to make some, uh, some concessions in order to uh make it small enough but it was still uh pretty impressive and this was by phobos lab um at phobos lab on twitter f or not f p h o b o s l a b so if you're interested in checking out uh that one you can go ahead Um, you'd struggle with the back backwards spelling wouldn't you what was that wow (laughs) wow (laughs) listen keep your keep your uh thoughts to yourself there but i definitely ph is a great example of one that would be really confusing backwards yeah because it just looked like hewlett packard zing what i I guess that's correct (laughs) 
All right, is it time? Is it time to talk about it? It's time, Jordan. So we don't this, have to wait anymore. This is a game that uh, Blake very early on was like, you have to play this one. And I'm so glad you stumbled on this one specifically because it. Oh my God. I was. It's it's so good. Like it's really a great. It's both impressive that they were able to fit it all in and a great use of great interpretation of the constraint. Uh, I I loved this game. So it's yeah. called uh, dwarf. Wait, what was it called? Dwarf something. Dwarfs, Dwarfs there and, there back, and again. back again. This is by M Vasilkov at M V A S I L K O V. M Vasilkov. And yeah, so basically from a gameplay perspective, this game is a, a, a clicker or what some people call an incremental game where basically at the start of the game, you have one unit and you click to, you have one dwarf, you click to send him on adventure. So there's basically three pains. There's the pain with all your dwarves, which mm-hmm. that is the one uh, bone to pick, a, bone I have to pick with this game is it says dwarfs instead of dwarves, you know. Well, I'll let it slide this time. They didn't want to get sued by Wizards of the Coast. Does Wizards of the Coast no, own dwarves? I was like, no. what? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you, it has your all your dwarves, and then you click to send one on an adventure, and then they run across the first screen into the, the what is it, the dark forest, and then they yes. run through the dark forest, and then to the cave where the or the mountain where the treasure is is hidden, and they grab a coin, and then they run back through all three screens and then return the coin to you. And then you have a gold and you basically uh, every time the dwarf comes back, the send on adventure button lights up again so you can click it. And then as you uh, accrue uh, gold, you can buy conscript more dwarves or you can buy like power ups that make it easier to get more money. So coffee to speed up the dwarves. Yeah, or uh, lights to illuminate the forest and turn it from the, the dark forest to the reasonably lit forest, which yeah. <laughs> was the first time when I was like, oh, so this game is funny. Yeah, and it was very funny. Yeah, it was great. There's It takes it takes some turns. Uh, I mean, it really reminded me of Universal Paperclips in that way. Uh, I don't know if you've played this game, but it's uh, I think it's Frank Lance, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a clicker game that is it's based on the premise of, you know, if you tell a computer, if you tell an all-powerful computer to make paperclips, it'll keep making paperclips till it destroys the world. Uh-huh. Uh, you know that thought experiment, and sure. it um and you play as a computer. Your goal is to make paperclips, and it starts out very simple, where you're just like optimizing your factory, and then you have to like gradually an- like annihilate greater and greater amounts of like <laughs> the universe's matter in order to turn it into paperclips. So that's wow, uh, and it you know it gets more and more zany as the game progresses, and I felt like uh like uh, dwarves was similar in that way. And in fact, it did say at the beginning of dwarves, like this, this game is inspired by uh, games we played and liked. Uh, yeah. So well, I, which is, which is why I, I mean, say it's like, it's true, basically, but yeah, nice but it's also that. like basically a, a clicker game, which, yeah. uh, which universal paper clips fits into it also, but definitely. Yes. Yeah. But I, I hadn't actually really like dedicated that much time to a, a clicker game before. And this one's very short, which I appreciate. And it does kind of have like, I guess it doesn't have a finite end, but it reaches a point where yeah, universal you can't progress is anymore. Seven hours long. Yeah. This one was definitely like 10 minutes, yeah. but it's a tight 10. So it is. I actually felt like I could have kept playing it. Yeah, I and I thought about leaving it running and just letting my dwarves auto. I did too. Yeah, gain money for a while. I got up to like, I think I had like twenty dwarves, um, 
Oh, but God, there's just so many good things. There's like, so you, you keep going until you light up the forest, you get more and more power ups. And then <laughs> eventually it's like, now that the forest is illuminated, your dwarves found that there were stores of ale and now yeah. they're drunk and chilling and they're not working. And then you can just say like, get rid of the ale and so i assumed that it's like ah you get rid of the ale so that your workers get back to work but no you fucking call in a drone strike and yeah. kill no, all no, but two of it, your it dwarves. was like a laser cannon or something is that what it was it's like it's a uh, turbo no. cannon oh it's like an orbital strike or something <laughs> yeah, orbital like, strike. i think that's right shoot a shoot a laser from space <laughs> and kill all but two of all your dwarves but, yeah. <laughs> so your labor supply is vaporized yeah and then you're also the the middle screen goes from being the reasonably lit forest to the uh like nuclear wasteland or something yep uh and then eventually you can uh restore the wasteland and you can uh well you develop the wasteland so you put a a road on it and then you uh establish an industrial revolution and then there's like a little factory with a smokestack Anyway, it's I don't I guess I don't want to spoil all the fun of playing this game because you can play it right now on the internet. Uh, but this game was just full of charm, very fun and uh, and yeah. and silly and and quick to play. Um, so I enjoyed it a great deal. Yeah, and I am I I just really liked uh, y- you know it just was a great like um, example of uh, uh, how you your fun isn't necessarily, you know, correlated to the, uh, the processing, um, requirements of the game that it's oh, just sure. like, it's super simple and it was just so much fun. Um, yeah, basically you're reading text and clicking buttons and that's it. Yeah. And it's like, and it was still great. so fun. Um, and I, I even felt like the, there was a nice, um, you know, this one's a little more of a personal interpretation, but the, 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 the narrative and the sense of humor actually like, really matched the 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 animations like i felt oh, like the, sure. w- the way the dwarves run just was a little funny and oh like sure the, and just kind of charming uh and and oh and the animation i also really liked i thought it looked good it reminded me of a pico 8 game um sure in in the way that it looked uh so yeah really good yeah great stuff really enjoyed it well with that uh i think we can close the book on js 13k games for now uh, maybe we'll come back next year. Who knows? Yeah. But highly recommend it. Great way to spend an afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can. There's still hundreds of games Literally that we didn't talk about. Two hundred and twenty we did not even mention. So yeah, so uh, go check them out if you're interested. Uh, and, and vote. Well, yeah. I guess by the well, time well, how you do you hear do this, you know how to vote? I want to vote for the dwarf game. Uh, yeah, well, there's a vote <laughs> button, so we should probably do that. But I I assume that it, the voting. We'll be closed by the time this episode comes out, so never mind. But next year, play the oh, games anyways. Rude. The voting system is a one versus one battle, so it like dishes you up a pair, you play them both, and then you tell it which one you like the most. Uh, it says they're changing the I rules see. to make it uh, more fairly instead of like having to make every person try and play 200 games. That uh, makes a certain amount of sense. Oh, and only those who submitted a game are allowed to vote interesting huh well okay anyway uh js 13k it's all she wrote next week do you want to tell the people about uh or do you want me to tell the people about the the game uh i can tell them so next week we're gonna play a game called need for e9 speed um excuse me according to the itch page it's need four billion speed oh oh yeah right 
e to the yeah yeah it's scientific scientific notation. notation yes um so this is a uh well i'll just read the description it's a transcendent driving experience for one to four players so you like it looks like you drive through the sky and the ground uh, materializes beneath your feet and all the co- it's like very colorful and uh like animated uh so not 100 percent sure what this game is um but we will be finding out next week uh, and yeah, if you want to find the description out, the description is what caught my eye take a cruise through virtual oblivion and experience the pleasure of driving without any danger or rules <laughs> i uh, you know what i'm intrigued i am too i'm very curious to see what this game's whole deal is because i don't think they're telling the whole story <laughs> um so uh if you want to play this game uh and get a link to play it uh you should follow us uh on twitter at edgeguardcast uh, we tweet out links to all the games um, the week before they come out. We just uh, attach them as a, a comment thread to the new episode for the, the previous week. Uh, so if you want uh, that, you should follow us. If you want updates on new episodes, that's also where we post them. Uh, and if you just want to you know, have a chat, just want to talk to us about games, uh, that's the place to do it. Uh, it's a good time. So follow us at EdgeGuardCast, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week.